And uh, this is a foundational principle that I'm going to talk about tonight. But I do feel it here tonight. If you would turn with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms 19. Psalms 19. We're going to read beginning with verse number 7. Psalms 19 and starting with verse 7. Praise God. Psalms 19 and verse 7. I think one of the most beautiful of the Psalms, really. You know, there, there's something about the King James for all of its um, archaic language that sometimes can be hard for us to understand. There is a beauty in, in the way that it's worded that I just haven't found in any other translation. The other translations really are not, are not written for beauty. They're, they're written for clarity. And, and I can appreciate that. Um, but, but there's something about this King James Bible that we have that, that offers a beauty in the way it's written that just stands out to me sometimes as I read through it. And I think, man, that is just, that's worded so beautifully. It is so poetic. It really is. And, and Psalm 19 is one of those instances. Beginning with verse number seven, the psalmist said, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them in keeping of them, there is great reward. What a beautiful passage of Scripture. Focusing especially on verse 10, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey. And the honeycomb. And I want to talk to you for a little while tonight from this thought sweeter than honey. Sweeter than honey. Would you put your Bibles down and let's.
lift our voices, let's lift our hands. Let's talk to the Lord together right now. Let's ask him to help us. Lord Jesus, we need you right now. God, we need the touch of your spirit tonight. As I deliver, Lord, the burden of my heart to this people. I ask for that touch that can come only from you. I can't do this by myself. God, I don't possess the oratorical ability. Lord, my vocabulary is not adequate. My words will never be sufficient to do what needs to be done tonight. But God, if you'll help me, if you'll use me, God, Lord, then your will can be accomplished here tonight. So Lord God, I pray, help me to be a vessel, Lord, in which you work tonight. We need you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord together. One more time, everybody. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Let's worship the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. I love you, Jesus. You are so good. You are so good. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As I said, Psalm uh, 19 is a beautiful psalm. It describes a lot of things. It has a lot to say to us. Verses 1 through 5, which we did not read, we're going to read. Uh, the writer describes several things. Let's listen to Psalm 19. If you've got your Bible, open it up. Read along with me uh, here in this 19th Psalm. Psalm 19, verses 1 through 5. Read. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language which where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth. And the words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, and rejoiceth as the strong man to, a run, to run a race. Again, how beautiful this is worded, how poetic it is. And here the psalmist talks about the heavens. He describes the firmament. He discusses day and night. He mentions the earth. He mentions the sun. And he's obviously dealing with uh, the elements of nature. And as he said in verse 1, how they declare the glory of God. Amen. Everything that God created, he created as a testimony of his power and his greatness. Indeed, Brother Hilton, how great is our God. Amen. The heavens declare his greatness. Amen. Romans chapter 1 verse 20. We deal with this a lot when we talk about the Godhead, but there's so much in this verse that, that I don't want us to miss everything that's said here. Romans 1 verse 20. Listen to what it says. For the invisible things the of invisible him from the things creation. Of him from the creation of, the, of world the world are clearly are seen, clearly seen being understood by the things that are the made things that are made 
even his, even eternal, his power eternal power and Godhead. And Godhead. So that they so are, that without, they are excuse. without excuse. And one of the things that the apostle is telling us here in Romans 1 and 20 is that there's a whole lot about God that we don't know and we don't understand. But all we have to do is look at the things we can see and it lets us know what a great and wonderful and powerful and awesome and mighty God he really is. Praise God. Amen. To think, to think that just with a word he said let there be and everything came into existence. Uh, I'm telling you when you examine amen, the universe, uh, when you consider the stars, when you consider the vastness uh, of all that we know that exists and the things that we don't even know that are out there. Oh, what a great and a mighty God we serve. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. 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 And so in this psalm, he is declaring the greatness of God. And then when we get to our text, uh, verse number 10, let's look at these verses again. Psalm 19, verse 10. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Now, now I want you to, I want you to notice something here. In verse ten, he uses plural pronouns. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and honeycomb. And so he is using here a plural pronoun. And throughout these verses, let's read verse 11. Moreover by them, Moreover by warm. them, there it is again, a plural pronoun, by them, Amen. Thy servant is warned. And in keeping, in of, keeping them, of them, there is great there's reward. Great Reward, And so he's talking about things here. He's talking about some group of things that he says, first of all, are more to be desired than gold. And these things are sweeter than honey. Amen. He also says that these things provide us both warning and reward. What are these things that he's talking about? Well, let's back up and read verses 7 through 9, and we see what things he's dealing with. What things are more to be desired than gold? What things are sweeter than honey? What things provide us with warning? And what things will give us great reward? Let's read again verses 7 through 9. The law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord. Read. Converting the soul. Yes. The testimony, the testimony of the Lord is sure. Of the Lord. Making the wise simple. Yes. The statutes of the, the Lord are right. The statutes of the Lord. Rejoicing Read. the heart. Yes. The commandment of the, the Lord is pure. The commandment of the Lord. Enlightening the eyes. Right. The fear of the, the Lord is clean. The fear of the Lord. 
Enduring forever. Uh-huh. The judgments and of the, the Lord. the judgments of are, the Lord. Are true and righteous together. And so in these verses, he elaborates, he enumerates on six things. The law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandment of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, and the judgments of the Lord. Amen. One commentator said this very beautiful psalm is designed to illustrate the superiority of revealed truth above the light of nature in showing the character and perfections of God. Here's what I'm telling you. He starts out in the first few verses talking about how the heavens declare God's greatness. But then he says, let me tell you, there's something that declares his greatness even more than the heavens, even more than the universe. There's something that tells us more about this God that we serve than the things that we look out. Amen. Than the things that we feel and the things that we see. And that is the truth that is given to us in the word of God. There's nothing like the word of God to tell us about this God that we serve. Amen. Amen. While nature is a wonderful testament to God's power and glory, there is nothing so powerful as the truth. Amen. Amen. It is obviously the truth. Amen. The word of God. The scriptures that are given to us about which David writes. This is what he tells us that we ought to desire more than gold. This is what he tells us is sweeter than honey. This is what he tells us. Amen. Gives us both warning and reward. It's the word of our God. It is the truth, amen, that's found in the pages of God's holy word. Amen. We ought to have an attitude that says there is nothing that is sweeter to me than the truth. There's nothing more important to me than the word. Now I told you this was going to be simple and I told you this was going to be basic but I feel like this is important as we start off this year 2021 and I'm going to tell you why in just a few moments I'm going to show you why I feel this so strongly I'm going to explain it to you in just a moment but I just want to stress this right up front church I want us amen once again I want us to renew our love for the word of God I want us to get a fresh baptism amen for the word of the Lord I know there's a whole lot going on in the world right now and some of you are consumed by searching the news to find out all you can find out but listen to me what you really need to be searching is the word of God what we really need to be concerned about is what's found in the pages of scripture amen I don't 
know what the world is going to do. I don't know what's going to happen around me, but I've got some answers here. I've got something I can anchor my life in. I've got something I can build my life upon. I've got the word. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, we can open up Facebook for just a quick glance and spend two hours. We can get on Instagram and Twitter, whatever else, and we can spend so much time there And then we look around and suddenly we realize I don't have time for the word of God. Well, and you know, it's not just social media. Listen, it's anything. I believe in reading. I love to read. I believe, amen, we need to be reading. And, and, and preachers, we need, we need to read. We need to read. Books are our lifeline, I'm telling you. But listen to me. We should never, ever, ever start reading anything more than what we read the Word of God. Shame on you if you finish a novel and don't finish the word of God. Shame on you, amen, if you read other books and don't read the word of God. I'm telling you, my friend, this ought to be more important to you than gold. It ought to be sweeter to you than honey. This ought to be what you're hungry for. Oh, help me, Jesus. I enjoy, I enjoy a good story. I enjoy reading. I really do. I I like to read a good story. I'm not preaching against it. I'm just telling you. Let's not get so consumed in everything else. Let's not spend more time checking on the stock market than we are checking on the word of God. Let's not spend more time, amen, God forbid, trying to follow some sports team and figure out what their stats are when we haven't read the word of God. Well... Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's time. It's time that we get back to the word of God. We've got to make it our number one priority. We've got to put it first. It's got to become most important to us. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. 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 We know where we find truth. We talk about it. It's out. It's on our sign. It's been on our sign. Amen. Since we changed the, the, the name of the church on the sign, John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. I'm here to tell you the sweetest possession that we have is the word of God. 
God, the sweetest possession that we have is the word of God. Amen. Psalm 119, verse 103, read. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my sweeter mouth. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest, yes. eat this roll. Eat this roll. And go speak unto the house of Israel. Yes. So I opened my mouth, and he calls me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, Son of man, cause thy belly to eat, yes. and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Yes. Then did I eat it, and I it was in it, my mouth and as it was honey in my mouth for sweetness. As honey for sweetness. Uh, I'm just going to throw this in. I know Friday night's M&M class, but I, I'm just going to throw this out there. Now, I just want to tell you, if you think you got a call on your life, you might want to make note of what God said to Ezekiel. He said, go and eat this roll. Oh, amen. And when he started to eat, he said, then go speak under the house of Israel. Don't get up and try to preach to the people if you hadn't been eating this roll. Well, hallelujah, you need to spend time in this book. You need to get to know this book. You need to memorize this book. You need to learn this book. Eat this roll before you speak to the people. Oh, hallelujah. I may have to just spend a whole class on that Friday night. I don't know. Amen. Amen, amen. Now, let me tell you something about this. Ezekiel said it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. And it can be. And it will be. But let me tell you, sometimes, sometimes it can have a little different taste too. Revelation chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And I went unto the angel, and he and said unto him, Give me the little book. Give me that little book. And he said unto me, Take it Take and it. eat it up. Eat it up. And it shall make and thy it's belly make bitter. Your belly bitter. But it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. Yeah. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. Yeah. And it was in my mouth, in my as, mouth sweet as, sweet honey. as honey. And as soon as I'd eaten it, my belly was bitter. Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you sometimes, sometimes when we're eating it, it tastes really sweet. But when we start really consuming it and it gets down inside of us, our old flesh doesn't like what the word of God's got to say. Amen. Sometimes it's easier to swallow than it is to digest. Amen. It's easier. Amen. To get it to roll across our tongue than it is to get it down in our belly and let it become a part of us. But I got to tell you, we got to overcome the bitterness of the belly. Amen. We've got to make up our mind that no matter what the word of God says, it is my lifeline. It's everything to me. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. What happens when it starts turning bitter? Well, I'll tell you, that depends on how hungry you are. Depends on how hungry you are. Proverbs 27, verse 7. The full soul loatheth and honeycomb, but to the hungry soul every bitter thing is sweet. Yeah. The full soul loatheth and honeycomb. I know some of you are going to find this hard to believe. 
I found it hard to believe. But I had a moment some days ago. Somebody offered me ice cream and I turned it down. I know that's hard to believe. But I'd eaten so much. I said, I'll wait a little while. I'll get it. But right now, right now, I just can't. Well, hallelujah. I'm telling you, the full soul loatheth a honeycomb. You want to know what the problem is when some people come to church? And they just walk out of here and they, they just, they, they don't get anything out of the service. You wonder what the problem is? They've been eating a lot of other junk. They're too full. They're not hungry enough. Oh, I'm telling you, you've been filling up on a lot of other stuff. But if you come hungry enough, it's not going to matter. If it's somebody preaching their very first sermon, you're going to find something sweet in the Word of God when you're hungry enough. I, I remember... You know, I, I, I mean, I've never been, I've never been a vegetable guy. I just haven't. I'm just being honest with you. You want to know what kind of greens I like? It's watermelon, uh, green apples. Uh, you know, I've never been really a vegetable kind of guy. It's just not, not my forte. But I remember several years ago going on a 14-day fast. And I, I didn't have any food during that time whatsoever. Nothing, no protein shakes, no nothing for 14 days. And I'd already fasted seven days and then called the church on a seven-day fast. The church joined me for the last seven days. And as a church, we broke the fast together. And I sat down that night. We were breaking the fast, and one of the ladies had fixed Vegetable soup. And I sat down with that bowl of vegetable soup. And I'm telling you, I really wasn't thinking about it. I just, man, I started eating that. And a lady that cooked it was sitting right across the table from me. And I said, sister, this is the best soup I ever tasted. And she looked at me and shook her head. She said, Brother Regan, you haven't eaten anything for 14 days. Anything's going to taste good to you right now. Well, it's true. It's true. To the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. I'm telling you, when people want to come to church and pick apart a sermon... And they didn't like this part, and they didn't like that part, and they, they, they you know, I, I think he said this wrong, and I, I don't like the way he came across. I will tell you what the problem is: you're too full of other things. But you get hungry enough. You get hungry enough. And it doesn't matter if he butchers the king's English. It doesn't matter if he stutters halfway through it. You're going to find something in there that tastes sweet to your soul. You're going to find something in there that's going to satisfy the longing of your spirit. Oh, help me, Jesus. Now, 
Now go with me. Go with me here. Amen. It's sweeter than honey. I want to say it's sweeter than honey. Now, there's a reason why I focused on that particular phrase. Because I want to take you to an Old Testament story. This is a lengthy reading. Bear with me. But I want to make sure you get the story. 1 Samuel chapter 14, beginning with verse number 6. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor. Hang on a minute. Let them them find 1 Samuel 14. They got to figure out where that is. That's Old Testament. Right before 2 Samuel. You got that? All right, you found it? Good. All right. Now. 1 Samuel 14, now start reading verse 6. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go, go over unto the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. Yeah, Jonathan and Saul and the Israelites fighting the Philistines just like they always were. Just constant fight with the Philistines. I, I think if there's any typology, the Philistines probably represent the flesh because it's just a constant battle. So they're fighting the Philistines. And and he said to his armor bearer, come on, let's go. Let's go fight them because the Lord might just help us. There's no restraint of the Lord to save by many or by few. Read. And his armor bearer said unto him, do all that is in do thine heart. In heart. Turn thee. Behold, I am with thee according to I'll thy heart. Do whatever you want to do, Jonathan. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men, and we will discover ourselves unto them. Uh huh. And if they say unto us, yes. Tarry until we come up to you, then we will stand still in our place and will not go up unto them. Right. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up then we will go up. Yes. For the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. And both of them discovered themselves unto the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, Behold, the Hebrews come forth out of the holes where they had hid themselves. And the men of the garrison answered Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, Come up to us, and we will show We're you a thing. show you a thing. And Jonathan said unto his armor bearer, Come up after me, for the Lord hath delivered yeah, them into yeah, the hand yeah, of Israel. Yeah. And Jonathan climbed up upon his hands and upon his feet, and his armor-bearer after him. And they fell before Jonathan, and his armor-bearer slew after him. And that first slaughter, which Jonathan and his armor-bearer made, was about twenty men, with, within, as it were, ha- and half an acre of land, which a yoke of oxen might plow. And there was trembling in the host, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the spoilers, they also trembled, and the earth quaked. So it was very great trembling. And the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away, and they went on beating down one another. Now, 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 I want you to see what God did here through Jonathan and his armor bearer. Skip down to verse 23 and read verse 23. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle passed over unto beth Now, because of Jonathan's trust in God to use him, and because of the armor bearer's willingness to follow his leader, there was a great 
victory in Israel. There was a great victory in Israel that came about in verse 23. But I want you to see the condition of the Israelites, what condition they were in. We see what happened with Jonathan and his armor bearer. But let's look at the rest of the Israelites. Let's back up now, verses 21 and 22. Moreover, the Hebrews that were with the Philistines before that time, which went up with them into the camp from the country round about, even they also turned to be with the Israelites that were with Jonathan, with Saul and Jonathan. Likewise, all the men of Israel, which had hid themselves hid in themselves. Mount Ephraim, yes. when they had heard that the Philistines fled, even they also followed hard after them in the battle. Now, now up until this moment, they'd been hiding. They were hiding. Why were they hiding? Why were they afraid to fight? Why is it that they were not in battle like Jonathan and his armor bearer? Well, let's read verse 24. And the men of Israel were distressed they that were day. They were distressed that day. For Saul had adjourned because the people Saul saying, had adjured the people saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food until evening, uh -huh. that I may be avenged on mine enemies. So none of the, so people, none tasted of the people tasted any food. Now, I, I'm going to tell you, there's a time for fasting and there's a time for eating. And Saul said, we're going to fast today because we're going out to battle. Now, Saul, you should have been fasting last week. Because when you're out there on the battlefield, that's not the time to be going without food. And these men had not eaten and they were weak. And they knew in their weakened condition that there was no way that they were going to be able to take on the enemy. Are you with me? They knew they were too weak. They had not eaten. And so they were hiding. They were hiding. Now, amazingly, God had provided them with sustenance. But they refused to partake. Read verses 25 and 26. And all they of the land came to a wood, and there was a honey upon the ground. And when the people were come into the wood, behold, the honey dropped. The honey dropped. But no man put his hand to his mouth, for the people feared the oath. Because they'd been told you can't eat, and they'd made an oath, we're not going to eat. Listen to me. Here they are. They've been fasting. There is honey all around them right now. But they said, we can't eat anything. We can't touch this honey. We can't partake of this honey. That's everybody except for one valiant warrior. Verse 27, read. But Jonathan heard not when, Jonathan his father charged didn't the hear the oath. when his father charged the people with the oath. Wherefore he put forth the end of the rod that was in his hand. Yes. And dipped it he in the honeycomb. He dipped it in the honeycomb. And put his hand, and he to, put his his mouth, hand to his mouth. And his eyes and were his eyes were enlightened hallelujah amen he had felt faint he was ready to give up just like the rest of them but he got a hold of some honey and when he got that honey all of a sudden his eyes were enlightened he felt strength come to him again and he said i'm ready to fight on i've got what i need i got a hold of the honey and it's given me the strength to fight amen the enemy i can win now because of the honey God's provided this and because of the honey I can win 
Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What a valuable lesson. The way to win is to dip into the honey. Praise God. Now look, Jonathan confirms this. Let's read on verses 28 through 30. Then answered one of the people and said, Thy father straightly charged the people with an oath, saying, Cursed be the man that eateth any food this day. And the people were faint. Then said Jonathan, my father my have father troubled the land. Has troubled the land. See, I pray you. See, I pray you. How mine eyes, how my have, been eyes have been enlightened. Because I have tasted, a little, tasted just a little bit of this honey. How much how more? Much more if happily the people if have eaten the people freely today, eaten of the freely of today of the spoil of their enemies, which they found. Or had there not been had now not a much been greater a slaughter? Much greater slaughter. Much, listen to me. Here's what Jonathan said. If everybody would start eating of the honey if everybody would start partaking of what God has given us uh, we'd have a whole lot greater victory it wouldn't just be me and my armor bearer that's bringing down Philistines if everybody would start dipping into the honey we could really put the enemy to flight oh I feel like preaching tonight I'm telling you church God is giving us the honey he's giving us his word it's here for us we gotta dip in we gotta get a hold of it it can't be just me it can't be just brother golf we gotta all get our hand in the honey we gotta all put it to our mouth we've gotta get the strength that God wants us to have Oh, hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Amen. I'm telling you, our victory is found in that honey. Our victory is found in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalm 149. Verses 6 through 9, read. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth yeah. and a two-edged sword and in their hand. Two-edged sword in their hand. Read. To execute to vengeance execute upon vengeance the heathen and upon punishments the heathen. upon the punishments people. Punishments on the people. To bind their to kings bind with chains their kings and with their chains. nobles with fetters their of nobles iron. With fetters to of execute iron. upon them to the execute judgment execute upon them the judgment written. This now honor, listen, this honor have all, have all the preachers. No, sir. This honor have all the evangelists. This honor have all the super spiritual. No, no, no. He said this honor have all the saints. All the saints can dip into this honey. All the saints can put the enemy to flight. All the saints can bind the devil. It will just start getting a hold of the honey that God's given us. Now, problem is, Saul wanted to kill the honey eater. Let's go back, 1 Samuel 14, verses 43 and 44, read. Then Saul said to Jonathan, 
tell me what thou hast done. And Jonathan told him and said, I did but taste a little of honey oh, I did. with the end of the rod that was oh, in mine hand. Was eat a little bit of this honey? And though, and lo, I must die. And you mean I got to die because I ate a little bit of that honey? And Saul answered, God do so and more also, for thou, thou shalt shall surely die, Jonathan. Surely die, Jonathan. You know, those that don't want the honey hate those that do. Oh, you're super spiritual on me, huh? Yeah, I've heard it. You know, you try to encourage somebody, give them a scripture. Oh, you're trying to be all super spiritual on me, huh? No, no, no. We've just been eating the honey, and it's sweet. And if you'd ever taste some of it, you'd understand how much strength you could get from it. You'd understand you wouldn't get whipped by the devil every time you turn around if you'd start eating some of this honey. Amen, amen. Well, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to tell you, Saul, Saul wanted to kill the honey eater. And the only thing that saved Jonathan were the fellow soldiers. Listen to this, verse 45, read. And the people said unto Jonathan. The people said to Jonathan. Shall said, Jonathan said to die? Saul, shall Jonathan I'm die? Sorry, yep. Who hath brought, who this, hath great brought this great in salvation in Israel? God forbid. God forbid. As the Lord, as the liveth, Lord liveth, there shall there not, shall one, not hair one hair of his head fall to the ground. Head fall to the ground for he hath wrought with, with God this day. So the people rescued, so the people Jonathan, rescued Jonathan that he died not. The people said, look, we're looking at the results. We know who's telling us the truth here. We see that because of what you said, trying to keep us out of the honey, we're all scared to death but we look at one man that had just a little bit of it and he put to flight an army all by himself we know where the results are so we're not going to listen to somebody that hates the honey we're going to start dipping in for ourselves we're ready to eat some of that ourselves because we're ready to, re to run a great victory in Israel this day Hallelujah. Yeah. Church, I've said it over and over and over, and this is why I told you I know this is basic. And I told you when I started that I, there was a reason why I felt this was so important tonight. Amen. I've been stressing to you for the last few months that we are in a spiritual battle. There is a war that's going on around us. And I'm going to tell you something. We have only two choices. Brother Hilton, I think, said it uh, here just a few weeks ago. We have only two choices. It's, it's fight or flee. That's, that's the only choices we got. There is no demilitarized zone. You hear me? You're here. You're a part of the church. There is no, there is no demilitarized zone. There is no safe spot where you can just go off and hide for a little while. You're either going to fight or you're going to flee or you're going to, to be destroyed. That's the only choice you've got. You might as well make up your mind. I'm not going to lose and I'm not running off. So I've only got one other option. I'm going to have to fight. You say, but preacher, I'm not strong enough. Well, I want to tell you, here's where you get your strength. Go back to the word. Bury your face in this book. Eat this honey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Once we make up our minds that we're going to fight, we have to then make a second equally important determination. And that is, the only way I'm going to win this fight is I'm going to avail myself of that honey as much as I possibly can. Hallelujah. That's where our strength is going to come from, church. That's where our strength is going to come from. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody hear me tonight. Somebody get a hold of what I'm preaching to you tonight. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's not enough. Amen. That we come up here and preach to you the word of God. Amen. Three times a week. It's not enough. Amen. That Brother Hilton preaches to the youth group once a month. Or that I have an M&M class once a month. That's not enough. I'm telling you, we're going to have to get a hold of this honey on a regular basis we're gonna have to have a steady diet of this honey every day every day every day every day every day huh? now look look I'm not bragging on me I'm bragging on this church but I believe I believe these verses describe the truth church. 1 Samuel 14, verses 25 and 26 we read a while ago. I believe they describe the truth church. Read. And all they of the land came to a wood. They came to a wood. And there was honey upon the ground. And there was honey on the ground. And when the people were coming to the wood. Were coming to the wood. Behold, the honey dropped. The honey dropped. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that describes uh, the truth, church. I'm going to tell you, we've made the word of God uh, our number one priority around here. There's honey on the ground. There's honey that's dropping from the trees. When you come in here, it's the word. It's the word. It's the word. It's the word. There's honey dropping. There's honey dropping. Don't just come into this wood and look at it and say, man, that looks good. Man, that looks good. And Walk out of here hungry. Get a hold of it, saint of God. Make up your mind. I'm going to put some of that in my mouth. I'm going to take some of that. I'm going to eat some of that. Hallelujah. Do you understand? Do you understand the importance God puts on his word? Psalm 138, verse 2. I will worship toward, the holy, toward thy holy temple yes. and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Yeah, yeah. Now look, I'm not throwing stones at anybody. But for years, for years, a oneness group carried around the motto, we're the people of the name. And that's fine and good. But I want to tell you there's something more important than the name. And unfortunately for many of them, they failed to carry it to that next level. Because here's what God said. Amen. The Bible says that God magnified his word above. Now I love his name. I'm thankful for his name. I'm glad I'm baptized in his name. 
I believe there's power in his name. But I'm going to tell you, God has magnified his word even above all his name. And if we just go around talking about the name and we don't bury our faces in that word, the name's not going to do us any good. Well, somebody hear this preacher tonight. I'm telling you, we got to put the word back where it belongs. It's number one. It's above everything else. I don't want to get too sidetracked. Oh, my time's up. I don't have time to get too sidetracked. Years ago, I was, in a, I was at a camp meeting, and I heard a man get up, and he said, I've heard people talk about some scripture. I think he said it was in Jeremiah, some scripture in Jeremiah that supposedly stops blood. We don't need a scripture in Jeremiah to stop blood. So we got the name, and the crowd roared stood to their feet and shouted. But I was troubled by it. And the reason I was troubled by it is because just a few years before that, you those of you that heard me tell my testimony, I'd been in a situation where I was bleeding profusely and the blood wouldn't stop but because of an aunt that had been raised around Pentecost, she went and got her Bible and they started reading and it wasn't Jeremiah, it was Ezekiel. Amen, Ezekiel 16 and 6 And the Bible says, and when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. And I watched, amen, as they read the scripture and that blood began to coagulate. I knew there was power in the scripture. I didn't understand why the man made the statement that he made. I didn't know how to argue it then, but I know now, amen, we got to understand, yes, we've got the name. Yes, there's power in the name but God has magnified his word even above all his name there's power in the word of God oh I hadn't even got I hadn't I got I got scriptures here I hadn't got time to get to, but Amen. The word of God is important. It's more important than our food. Matthew chapter four, verse four. I'm gonna try to hurry through this. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, I'm just going to throw this out there here tonight, but it's interesting. Jesus is looking at the devil eyeball to eyeball. He's not wrestling with him. He's not arguing with him. All he's doing is quoting the word of God. And you know what's interesting? The devil threw all he had at Jesus. Jesus quoted three scriptures, and the Bible said the devil left him. Three scriptures. That's all it took. Three scriptures. Now, you didn't get that. You've got access to those same three scriptures. He didn't have to quote a whole chapter. He didn't have to quote a whole book. He just gave him three scriptures. And the devil left him. 
Some of you fight and fight and fight and fight. Some temptation comes along. Oh, devil, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Why don't you get your face in the book and start quoting scripture to the devil? I'm telling you, if there's anything the devil can't handle, he can't handle the word of God. It's got to be more important to us than our food. If you've only got a choice between breakfast and Bible, I mean this, it ought to be Bible. Well, we got we to make it that important to us. We got to make it that important to us. It is more important than our food. It is our light and our lamp. Psalm 119 105. I'm going through these quickly. If the musicians want to come, I'm going to try to wrap this up just as fast as I can. It's our light and our lamp. Read 119 105. Book of Psalms. Thy word is a Thy lamp word unto my feet. Is a lamp to my feet. And a light unto my path. You feel like you're in darkness. You don't know which way to go. You don't know which path to take. I'm telling you right here is the answer. Get to the word of God. Get your face in the word of God. The word can shine a light and shine Show you the path you need to take. The word of God. Here's what Hebrews 4 and 12 says about it. Well, the word of God word is of quick God and powerful. Is quick. That means it's alive. That word quick doesn't mean fast. That's the same word like, you know, when you cut your fingernails down too, too close. You see, you cut it into the quick. That means live skin. That's what that word quick means, live. The word of God is alive and it's powerful and sharper, and it's than, any sharper than any two-edged sword, deserting even to the dividing it asunder of soul and spirit. It, it discerns to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner it's of, a the, discerner thoughts of the thoughts of the heart and the intents of the heart. Oh, hallelujah. The word of God. The word of God can save your soul. James 1.21. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive, receive with meekness with the meekness. Engrafted, word, that engrafted word. Which is able to save your souls. It's able to save your soul. Hallelujah. It's able to save your soul. Hallelujah. I'm telling you there's power in the word of God. Listen to me, listen to me. If you've got strife in your home, I feel like saying this. You've got strife in your home. Why don't you start playing the Bible? Why don't you just start playing the Bible in your home? Listen, years ago, my kids were little. They were like any other kids. They're human, like any other kids. And we'd, we'd get in the car to go somewhere. Now I know, Brother Goff, your kids probably never, ever, ever did this and you know how it is you're sitting on my side you're too close school away you're touching me I'm sure I'm sure that golf kids have never ever never no no Kaiser assures me he's never but you know whatever whatever it was they'd get to fussing about we had a back then a cassette tape and, and the tape was just scripture that had been put to music. Every song on that tape was taken directly from the word of God, word for word. 
and they'd get to fussing and we'd try to calm them down, you know, we tried all those lines. Don't make me come back there. You don't want me to stop this car. Oh, that nothing worked, nothing worked. We could put that tape in, and I'm telling you, this is the honest truth, and just let the word of God play. And it didn't take long before things calmed down. Strife just ceases. Confusion just goes out the window. Something about the word of God and the power that it brings. Some of you, listen to me. I feel this. This is not in my notes, but I feel this. Some of you are being tormented in your home with fear. I feel this. This is not anything anybody said to me, but I'm, I feel it tonight. Somebody has been tormented in your home. A spirit of fear waking you up in the middle of the night. I'm here to tell you, when it happens, put the Word of God on. Just let the Word of God play. Let the Word of God take care of it for you. Let the Word of God solve. Oh, I feel this tonight. Let the Word of God solve it for you. It's sweeter than honey. And how could I preach this tonight and not close with Psalm 34 and verse 8? Oh, taste and see. Taste and see. That the Lord is good. That the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. How are we going to taste? How are we going to taste the Lord? Well... In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And this is sweeter, sweeter. It's sweeter. It's sweeter than the honey, than the honeycomb. I love this word. Brother Goff, I love, I love this word. I love this book. I love this book. Oh, the times this book has spoken to me. The times this book has given me comfort and strength and direction. I love this book. The times that I've found answers in its pages. Let's stand tonight. Would you humor me for just a minute? Would you humor me for just a minute? Would you get your Bible and just hug it close to your heart? Would you just ask God, God, help me to love this word like I've never loved it before. Let me fall in love with this book. Let me taste its sweetness, God.
on a daily basis. Let me get addicted to the sweetness of this book. That I can't go a day without it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. I love this book. I love this book. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Why don't we come? Let's close this service out. Let's come stand around the front. If you want to bring your Bible with you, bring it. I want God to baptize us anew and afresh with a love for the Word of God. Listen, saints, we're going to need it. We're involved in a battle. This Word's going to give us the strength that we need going forward. We can't go without it. We can't afford to miss a day. We need the Word of God. Thy Word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Oh God, I love your Word, but I want to love it more. I want to love it more, God. I want to love it more, God. I want to fall more deeply in love with this book, God, than I've ever been before. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.